0: And good morning to you, Tucson, and all of southern Arizona. Welcome live out of the Common Workspace studios. You're listening to Tipping Point with Zach Yenser on AM1030K, VOI, The Voice, dealing in-depth news, conversation, and talk about the people, ideas, and issues shaping Tucson's future. I'm your host, Zach Yenser. And to all of our listeners out there, and certainly to Matt, making the magic happen on the <laughs> other side of the glass, happy Thursday. Around here, we call it Happy Friday Eve. And of course, today is also uh, Cinco de Mayo. So, Matt, lots to celebrate today. Good morning to you.
1: You bet, Zach. Good morning. Beautiful and day today. All-
0: it is. It is. Uh, yeah, and I think you are ultimately right. We've we've gotten some nice uh, sub hundred days uh, so far here in May. So so uh, we're, we're we're tracking we're tracking in the right direction. But uh, welcome. While we last. Absolutely <laughs> absolutely. By the way, um, Pastor Jeff uh, our faith and culture contributor went to the donut bar yesterday for uh, for uh, May 4th and uh, it it did not disappoint. They were decked out in everything anything Star Wars. The Do or Donut was his favorite if that makes sense. <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh, but that is not what we were talking about today because today is May 5th. I'm excited about today's show. It kicks off a series we are doing with a, a number of individuals from the University of Arizona uh, cementing our status, describing who we are, telling the story of Tucson as the space city of the Southwest. And at the at the tip of the spear on that, I believe, is the University of Arizona. So we thought, why don't we develop a series where we get to have those conversations and talk about um, how the University of Arizona is really driving this new industry uh, of space discovery, space exploration, and space technologies. And that'll take us through the majority of this hour. Uh, we have in studio uh, with us um, John Adams, the Deputy Director of Biosphere Two. Uh, not the former president of the United States. John Adams has never heard that before, Um, but still a great get on the show. John, it's good to be with you. Well, the the years have
2: done me well. I was gonna say,
0: you'll you'll look great for a few hundred years of history.
2: Yeah, no, it's it's great to be on the show. And um, you know, I think a lot of people in Tucson forget that uh, Biosphere 2 is just north. And uh, when you really think about something that's space-esque like, Mm -hmm. um, that's where its origins were. I mean, that's what captured everybody's headlines. You know, there was a little bit of controversy around it. Uh, it didn't quite get the start that I think everybody had hoped, um, but you know it's really been able to revitalize itself and make a significant contribution scientifically today.
0: Absolutely, we're going to run through as much as we as much as we can here. Uh, in the second segment, I want to talk with you about the uh, Mars analog at Biosphere Two. Uh, I didn't know about it. Um, And I consider myself fairly plugged in. And so I think this is going to be really interesting to a lot of our listeners, that there is an analog here on Earth for Mars uh, space exploration. But real quick, uh, Biosphere 2, what is it? And I've heard it described as the world's largest research project. And I wanted to clarify, what does that mean? And is that true? Yeah.
2: So, um, well, it's the world's largest controlled environment that's dedicated to understanding climate change. There we go. You know, Biosphere was originally designed, uh, it's a little over three acres. They incorporated a rainforest, a savanna, an ocean, a marsh, and a desert a separate farm area, and the hope was that all these systems, just like happens on Earth for you and I every day, they would support the people that lived inside.
0: That's right.
2: Now, they they had some challenges, Yes, but I think today what we're able to do is there's real questions as we predict it's going to get warmer, it's going to get drier, Um, you're going to have different atmospheric conditions. How does that change, for example, the rainforest? How does that change, you know, something that everybody drinks on a daily basis, coffee? You know, as it gets warmer and drier, what does that mean for a lot of these coffee plants? Well, Inside biosphere, in our rainforest, we have coffee plants growing. We have a whole system. We can run these tests. You can come in, you can crank up the temperature like it's gonna be in mm-hmm. 10, 20, 50 years. What, how does the system respond? You can change or take out the water. You can add more CO2. And we've done those experiments and it provides a really unique testing point mm-hmm. to give scientists a better understanding of where these things may go in the future. It's not that it's a perfect analog. Yeah but it gives us those opportunities to gain insight that we otherwise would not get from a traditional lab work Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. observations in the field.
0: That's powerful. Uh, And and while this is not the topic we're talking about today, I think what you made me think of is, this was even in the paper uh, this week, is that when we talk about water scarcity, when we talk about climate shift, when we talk about climate change, Uh, uh, And and aridity, I think, is what we talk about here in the desert. Aridification, all these big words that thanks to the cup of coffee I can say on the air, um, is that uh, we actually don't have local models. Uh, A lot of our numbers and models are global. We don't have southern Arizona models. So we are basically taking global maybe numbers and we are trying to imprint it on our local reality. To me, Biosphere 2 is probably the closest way that we can actually start to figure out what the localization of all this could look like Total total tangent, but you made me think of it when you...
2: No, and and you're spot on with that. And it's not only that can we help better understand locally what's happening. So one of our projects, um, it's called LEO, the Landscape Evolution Observatory. And in a nutshell, it rains in the mountains. How much Mm -hmm. water ends up downstream for you and I to use and what impacts the quality Hmm. of that water as you have landscape change. So, you know, the big fire in the Catalina is not too long ago. How does that change how much water comes down? Hydrologists will tell you. Once it goes below the surface, they've learned a lot. There's still so much they don't know, and if we can provide better predictive tools, yes. then water resource managers can make better predictions and understand what's coming our way, uh, you know, more precisely.
0: I love it. Before we before we go to break, let's um, talk about real quick the reopening after the COVID closure. Um, There was a recent ribbon-cutting, groundbreaking of a University of Arizona Center for Innovation site up at Biosphere 2. Uh, What is the allure for startups doing work out there?
2: Well, you know, and I asked this question of one of our our startups, and what they told me was uh – you know, brand association. So Biosphere 2 is recognized worldwide. Uh, The startups here are definitely focused on food, energy, water, and and that security. Um, And really sort of these renewable technologies. So it's a perfect fit. And we've got four companies that are a part of uh, Tech Park at the University of Arizona, and we're an extension of that. So we're the University of Arizona Center for Innovation at Biosphere 2. Mm -hmm. Um, And the folks that we're working with, again, focus on renewable technologies. Um, and utilizing the site and the visitors who come to Biosphere 2. So not only do we have the science going on, but we get about 100,000 people annually who visit. So it's a really unique opportunity to showcase what you're doing to a general audience.
0: I love it. Let's do this. I'm going to go to break a little bit early because this was to kind of set the table. But I want to talk about the Sam Mars analog. I want to talk about how the work of Biosphere 2 links into the University of Arizona as a premier space discovery space exploration um aerospace and defense university and we'll talk about the biosphere 2 connection to that we're with john adams not the president the deputy director of biosphere 2 we'll be right back after a short break and when we come back that's where we're going thanks for listening you're listening to tipping point with Zachy and sir on k 30 kvy the voice don't go anywhere The
3: next generation of talk. Tipping Point with Zach cancer 1030 The Voice. Is your 8th or ninth grader looking for a hands-on learning program that includes lots of art? Then Desert Sage School, a new tuition-free public charter high school at 3434 East Broadway, is for you. Desert Sage is innovative and is now enrolling 9th and 10th graders for the upcoming school year. Go to DesertSageSchool.org, where the first 125 students to register will be accepted. Desert Sage is the first public Waldorf-inspired charter high school in Southern Arizona, where teachers genuinely listen to and care for each student's unique gifts. Get your child enrolled today at DesertSageSchool.org. With preseason and the season opener in the books, FC Tucson is looking forward to a great season, and John Perlman and his squad aren't slowing down. Join your FC Tucson soccer club Saturday, April 30th, May 7th, and May 20th for Let's Go 520 Night, celebrating this great city. Get your season or game tickets at FCTucson.com and Let's Pack Kino Stadium this season. That's FCTucson.com.
4: time with Devon and her team.
5: Tucson homeowners, do you have equity in your home and would like to sell, but are afraid that you won't be able to find a new place in this market? Well, you're not alone. That's why CNC Partners has put together an innovative way to make your next home dream come true. They work with local investors who can purchase your home for cash, pay above market value, waive the appraisal, and provide you with the option to lease your home back to you for 12 months until you can find a new home in the Tucson market. If you'd like to see what that cash offer might look like, with no obligation, go to Tucson Cash Offer offer.com.
3: Is your 8th or ninth grader looking for a hands-on learning program that includes lots of art? Then Desert Sage School, a new tuition-free public charter high school at 3434 East Broadway, is for you. Desert Sage is innovative and is now enrolling 9th and 10th graders for the upcoming school year. Go to DesertSageSchool.org, where the first 125 students to register will be accepted. Desert Sage is the first public Waldorf-inspired charter high school in Southern Arizona, where teachers genuinely listen to and care for each student's unique gifts. Get your child enrolled today at DesertSageSchool.org.
0: And we're back, Tucson and all of Southern Arizona, airing live out of the space city of the Southwest. That's right, Greater Tucson, Arizona. We are starting a series with the University of Arizona around uh, the true potential of this community, around space exploration, space discovery, space mining, uh, and space, space uh, um, awareness of objects in space. Here with us is the Deputy Director uh, of Biosphere 2, John Adams. John, I want to talk with you in the time we have left about a couple of things. The Center for Human Space Exploration is at Biosphere 2. Uh, the SAM-MARS Analog, which stands for a space analog for the moon and Mars, is at Biosphere 2. I didn't know this. I don't think a lot of Tucsonans know this, but when it comes to uh, uh, uh tucson and this country and humanity and space the university of arizona is on the cutting edge of it tell me about sam and tell me about chase up at the biosphere 2
2: yeah so sam is really a unique structure and facility so if we look at analogs worldwide where people go and train to potentially go into space um there are only a handful i think there's only two or three actually that are hermetically sealed that means they're completely airtight and isolated so I think a lot of us have heard about the high seas in Hawaii and mm-hmm. maybe you've heard about the Mars Desert Research Institute up in Utah. You know these are analogs, but they're primarily they're open air and they're social and psychological. The real question is is that if we want to take plants in the space and we want to use them to offset our needs, to provide our nutritional values, you know how are you going to do that and can you use plants in part to support the needs of the atmosphere and the way in which you and I change it. So can they recycle the carbon dioxide that you and I exhale and give off oxygen? Can they give us enough food? What does that look like? And so Sam is actually taking the test module. This was a prototype to Biosphere 2. It's a hermetically sealed environment. And we're converting it. We're renovating it so that we have a high fidelity analog right here where people can come and train. And so... We've got a lot of interest, both from private and public entities, to use this facility once it's up and running. And a gentleman by the name of Kai Stotts is the director of the program. And he's <clears throat> laid incredible groundwork and roadwork. So he's got NDAs with a couple of the largest aerospace companies. They want to come here and use it once it's up and running. Uh, a large apparel company wants to use it. Um, he's had conversations with folks at NASA, at JPL. That you know they're really interested. Um, you know they're sort of sitting by and seeing how it's going to develop and come along. But we are really excited, and we anticipate that we'll be ready to accept the first teams to go inside of SAM um, right around the first of the year. Mm. And so. The, what's really exciting about it is, again, how do you, we'll be one of the first places that you go from mechanically supplied life support, so like the ECLSS system on the International Space Station mm-hmm. that supports all the needs of the astronauts, to using bioregenerative life support. And what does that look like, and how do you do that? will be one of the first places to be able to actually transition that. And what's really cool about SAM is it couples with a model that's called CMOC. And so CMOC is an off-world model that allows you as a person to go in, it's hosted on National Geographic's website, but you can create your own habitat. How many solar panels do you need? It's taken 30 years worth of plant science data out of NASA. Do you plant radishes or do you plant tomatoes or do you plant you know whatever it may be? Is there two of you? Is there five of you? And we actually did this in a partnership with a group of students both from Arizona and Kyoto University. And it was it was really interesting because it took them about six or seven times going through before they actually got it right according to the model. But like all models, whether it's Earth systems mm-hmm. model, space models, you got to have a place to validate them. Mm-hmm. So the the models are only as good as the data that you put in. And a lot of things, you know, we're just guessing at right now. But mm-hmm. we want to improve that. So that's what Sam's going to allow us to do. And it's it's, so cool. it's right there on the campus at Bias for Two. And we're really excited. Uh, Kai has been
0: working really hard and diligently to bring it to life. I love it. Uh, I know we're flying through things here, uh, but that's the nature of on the clock. Uh, that was Sam again. The, yep. the a space analog for the Moon and Mars. You right. can see where the acronym comes in. Center for Human Space Exploration. That's also at Biosphere Two. That is. And so what we saw is as we began to develop SAM is that
2: there are a lot of really unique opportunities from training opportunities, whether it's you know doing ingress egress into and, and doing uh, neutral buoyancy type training, whether it's doing high altitude type training. That there's a lot of programs that not only the University of Arizona, ASU, and other entities offer, what if we could actually provide an avenue to more easily access those? So not necessarily we're doing them, but mm-hmm. we're going to leverage what other folks are doing, provide an opportunity for students or others who would like as a conduit to be able to provide those services for them, so they can gain those types of experience that we otherwise think of only for professional astronauts. Right. And so, how can we sort of you know pull that together in a way that is going to be meaningful and easily accessible um, for not only students but you know the population here in the Tucson greater area, as well as worldwide. I mean, mm-hmm. we really envision this as a worldwide asset.
0: Amazing. Another thing that wasn't necessarily on my list uh, until we stepped in here together, we were talking off the air. We've had uh, Vishnu Reddy on the show. Uh, He was the guy whose team of students accurately, might I add, predicted when a piece of Chinese space junk was going to hit the dark side of the moon. We had him on two days before it happened and it happened. Um, We had Stephen Fleming on from the University of Arizona to talk about one of the components of a space industry ecosystem. Insular in Sloan, Arizona, around space situational awareness, I think is at least one of the one of the words in that soup. Uh, there's some elements of this involved at Biosphere Two as well, around what objects are flying around up there, and can we figure out when they're going to hit and what they're going to do? Yeah, it's. I'm really excited because the
2: research infrastructure at B2 is expanded. So, I mean, when we say Biosphere Two, we think of the, the glass and metal structure that is the the physical sure. uh, facility. But outside of that now, we actually have a a six-and-a-half-meter radio telescope, um, and that is paired with the university purchased these from Owens Valley, and they've got one at Tech Park. They have one up in Colorado. They're looking to put two up on Mount Lemmon, and they've got one at Biosphere. and this is going to allow them to use those dishes to... Um, improve the resolution, they call it interferometry. Um, But Biosphere is is like the base station for it. So that's there. And then Vishnu Reddy, his space situational awareness, we've actually got six uh, small observatories that he does a lot of his work out of right there at Biosphere 2. We've got SAM, we've got that going on. And so it's exciting to see how these things are growing and expanding to leverage uh, the unique location of Biosphere 2 but the expertise that
0: we have right here at the University of Arizona it's It's absolutely amazing uh J- John, I want to maybe call an audible um I'd love to keep you for one more segment if that's at all possible. oh that
2: works for me I'd love to
0: because i'd love to I'd love to ask you in in a third segment after the bottom of the hour break um uh who cares uh, why sh- why does this matter yep. to southern Arizona and then how do we break through um the fact that I think so few people who live here know what we've said in the last eight minutes um, on this show. How do we, how do we bring this narrative to the broader broader community? We'd love to do that in the third segment, if you can stay over. Absolutely, love to, I, pre- great. I appreciate you. Uh, you came in all the way from Oracle today. Uh, you're actually out there at Biosphere 2, which I deeply appreciate, but we want to milk all the time that we can, that you can.
4: Sounds <laughs> you great, I love to talk about Biosphere and what's going on, you, you, so you I appreciate the opportunity.
0: Um, I left two minutes to kind of take a bit of a pause, and uh, pitch anything else about Biosphere 2, if people want to come out and visit, events, anything else besides this, we'll get back to in a second that you want to talk about.
2: I'd like to dive a little bit deeper on the UACI portion of it, the University of Let's Arizona do it, Center. Yeah. Okay, okay so yeah. we've got these companies up here, but one company that's really cool and it comes out of our space industry is a gentleman by the name of Roger Angel. Maybe some of you recognize him as the person who's created the design and the technology to make these just amazing and world class mirrors that go on telescopes. Mm. Well, he actually developed a way to concentrate, using that mirror technology, to concentrate it. Um, into a device that collects and harnesses that energy. So now we've got a solar panel that's about 40% effective. Well, that's been picked up by an entrepreneur. Um, he's licensed it from the university. And what's really cool, he's just telling me that he is licensing a technology from NASA that's going to couple this. Because not only does it... Focus the energy, but it creates a heck of a lot of heat—2,000 degrees C—and so what he wants to do is to take that heat. So he, he generates about 40% electricity. Most panels, solar panels, are you know 28 to 31, 32% efficient. His are pushing pushing 40% efficient, which is great. If he can harness the heat with this NASA technology, which was developed for the mission to Venus, it actually takes heat converts it to sound waves, and converts it to energy. Now, I don't know how it works, yeah. but he wants to marry these two together. <laughs> that's and he actually has these structures at B2 and is going to be testing them. So we're really excited
0: to have that. I mean, that's the, that's the that's a part of the dream, right, is yes. that you get smart people at the University of Arizona to come up with crazy ideas that you and I don't understand, we never yeah. will, um, but somebody wants them and they, they'll make a lot of money and hire a lot of people and make a lot of difference in this world. We get those commercialized out of the University of Arizona through Tech, uh, through tech Launch Arizona. Uh, We help them grow in the tech parks sites, in the University of Arizona Center for Innovation. Then we kick them out of the nest, and they go out in the world, and they grow our economy. They make a difference. They hire a lot of people. They make a lot of money. Wash, rinse, repeat. Well, and that's what's so amazing, this ecosystem
2: that is continuing to expand and grow. I think it can only benefit Tucson, the University of Arizona, and Southern Arizona as a whole.
0: 100%. We're going to dive more into that on the in the third segment on the other side of the break. John Adams uh, is giving us a bonus segment here on the other side, Deputy Director of Biosphere 2. We're talking Space City of the Southwest. Time to own it. We'll be right back here on 10.3 The Voice.
3: With preseason and the season opener in the books, FC Tucson is looking forward to a great season, and John Perlman and his squad aren't slowing down. Join your FC Tucson soccer club Saturday, April 30th, May 7th, and May 20th for Let's Go 520 Night, celebrating this great city. Get your season or game tickets at FCTucson.com and Let's Pack Kino Stadium this season. That's FCTucson.com. Is your 8th or ninth grader looking for a hands-on learning program that includes lots of art? Then Desert Sage School, a new tuition-free public charter high school at 3434 East Broadway, is for you. Desert Sage is innovative and is now enrolling 9th and 10th graders for the upcoming school year. Go to DesertSageSchool.org, where the first 125 students to register will be accepted. Desert Sage is the first public Waldorf-inspired charter high school in Southern Arizona, where teachers genuinely listen to and care for each student's unique gifts. Get your child enrolled today at DesertSageSchool.org.
5: Tucson homeowners. Do you have equity in your home and would like to sell but are afraid that you won't be able to find a new place in this market? Well, you're not alone. That's why CNC Partners has put together an innovative way to make your next home dream come true. They work with local investors who can purchase your home for cash, pay above market value, waive the appraisal, and provide you with the option to lease your home back to you for 12 months until you can find a new home in the Tucson market. If you'd like to see what that cash offer might look like with no obligation, go to Tucson TucsonCash when you manage your money with a credit union, you're taking true ownership of your finances and how your money impacts the community. Stop letting banking just happen to you. Bring your money home to Vantage West, federally insured by NCUA.
3: Helping you make better money decisions is what the
2: Ramsey Show is all about. Today at 1 p.m. on 1030 The Voice.
0: And we're back, Tucson and all of Southern Arizona here live out of the space city of the Southwest. I'm going to keep banging that drum until at least 10 people start saying that next to me. So if you're tired of hearing it from me, start saying it yourself and I'll stop saying it. (laughs) But we are in a community with a heck of a lot of potential Um, here in Tucson and Southern Arizona. We are... Uh, Out of the Common Workspace studios today on 1030 The Voice, you're listening to Tipping Point with Zach Yenser. John Adams is with me live in studio, the deputy director of Biosphere 2. A bit of a bonus segment. We asked for two segments. You've been gracious to give us a third. This one's a bit unscripted, but I wanted to get your thoughts on, um, you know, when I speak to rooms, I will say how many of you... And rooms, by the way, of people who've been around Tucson for a long time know this community like the back of their hand. I'll say uh, how many of you know that that the University of Arizona has been a part of every space mission since Apollo and only a few hands inevitably will go up. Um, Most people don't know about Chase and Sam at Biosphere 2 that we talked about um, in the last segment, these analogs and research centers for space exploration and, and discovery. How do we how do we get um, uh, this new space industry um, on the forefront of people's minds in the region? How do we get people excited about it as, as, a, as a huge industry for Tucson?
2: Well, I mean, I think in part we're seeing that. So we've got folks like WorldView and Paragon that are right here in Tucson, home based. As you said, the University of Arizona has been a part, I mean, I didn't know it until recently that you know they mapped the moon for the Apollo landings happened right here. Um, you know, we developed a lot of the optics that are used to take these mm-hmm. incredible photographs, and so I think you know being able to expand and evolve as the industry evolves, mm-hmm. you know, because it's gone from you know can we look into space and how far yes, can we look for sure to actually traveling there, yes. and and is it an opportunity for? folks like you and i to actually be able to go into space i mean we just saw that mm-hmm. where four people four everyday citizens led by cyan proctor just orbited the earth i think it was what two or three days not too long ago mm-hmm. um, she's actually having her analog astronaut conference at v2 this weekend so they've got over 100 folks who are looking at that and i think mm-hmm. it's that type of recognitions it's groups like that that are coming to southern arizona Bias for two, the University of Arizona, who in turn get the word out about things like what we're talking about—that's happening here—and how we're on the forefront of
0: that. And we are building an
2: ecosystem that I think is unstoppable.
0: I, I certainly hope so. I think part two of that question, um, and I was going to ask this anyway, but it—you know—it was uh, during the break. The mayor of Sabarita uh, messaged in Tom Murphy and say, hey, I think John is talking about David Ville uh, with Solar Space, which you were. Um, we're working with him and supporting him in Sawarita. Uh, how do we get this space industry to benefit our local economy? How do we own this for the good of our economy, the good of our people? That's the next step.
2: It it is. And I think, you know, not only is the university a huge employer here in southern Arizona, but I think the things that Tech Park Mm -hmm. and Tech Launch help to support. I mean, when David Billy's uh, technology, for example, this solar space gets out um, and he starts actually developing on a larger scale, the mirrors and the technology go, you're going to employ people. Um, the things that some of these companies that are part of this incubator that are doing, as they begin to develop and expand, and they realize that there is a market for that, and they can take that product to market, you know, they're building that infrastructure right here in Southern Arizona. We've got one of the companies here that's working not only at Bias for Two; it's called Red Sea Farms, but they're also working at the Controlled Environment and Agriculture Center there on Campbell and River. But they're going to be deploying. And developing their technology. They're looking to do demonstrations to bring people in to show them this is a type of technology, this is how it can work for your particular situation. And they want to do workforce development, which means they're going to employ people. Now, Obviously, we've got folks uh, at the University of Arizona. That's in Pima County, but Biosphere Two is located in Southern Pinal County. Yeah. So you know we've seen a lot of changes there in the industry. And Biosphere Two, my hope is, is that over time, with folks like Sam, with folks like David Ville and others that are at B Two with their technology, is that we're going to continue to provide opportunities for employment in an area that has had some economic depression yeah. because of the copper industry and you know some of these mines that have shut down here recently, for
0: example, in Salmon Well. For sure, yeah. I, I keep preaching on this show that I think the greater Tucson area um, is, is 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 it could have its Pittsburgh moment, right? And Pittsburgh was this steel city, right? And in no in no um, you know uncertain terms built this country, and then the world changed, and the industries in this country changed. Um, Copper is an analog to that, and, and I think Pittsburgh in the 70s locked in on some of these future-forward industry opportunities, and they got the public sector, private sector, NASA, academia all involved and pulling in the same direction um, and singing the same song and have transformed uh, Pittsburgh into what is now called Roboberg. And so I see some similarities there. Um, And I think that's what's gonna take in this region. I had President Robbins on, I think back in January, we had a great conversation about space, it was all about space. And I said, Dr. Robbins, we have to have the U of A at the tip of the spear in commercializing this new space industry for economic development here. And he was pretty open and honest saying, my focus up to this point has been kind of developing the research dollars within the castle of the University of Arizona. You're probably right, Zach. We need to start focusing on how this actually impacts our local economy. That's where I think the energy's got to go. Well, it is. And
2: I I think, you know, some of what we see the university doing, again, what we see with Tech Park, who are bringing in outside entities, they're providing an environment where. You know, they get the business help, they they learn how to to do the finances, how do they do the patent, but then they also get access to the incredible faculty and staff and students at the University of Arizona. Mm -hmm. And how do you create that ecosystem so that you're right, you can take that out, that company can be successful, which means now you've got students at the University of Arizona who get involved, whether it's through a capstone engineering Mm -hmm. project or they're an internship, well then all of a sudden they graduate and they go to work for that company that they've been helping out Mm -hmm. for the last couple of years and then that company uses that bright and brilliant mind they expand and they continue to develop their technology into a way now that it, rather than employing you know just a handful of folks now they've got 10 20 30 i mean that's what i hope i mean we see that happen mm-hmm. and you're right we're sort of on that 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 cusp of it really sort of taking off
0: I think my last question here, John, and thank you for the extra segment, is I keep using this phrase, the new space industry, and I'm not trying to be cool when I say that. I'm saying, you know, we've thought of space in terms of, as you said, telescopes, right? In in so many ways, or NASA, um, but there's a new space industry where private and educational partners are now taking this into their own hands to do space exploration, space landings, space tourism, space mining situational awareness that's what i mean by new space industry this is and tucsonans don't realize this uh, and i have to preach on this a little bit this is a competitive industry in some ways you know we're seeing some hustle out of phoenix on this nationally um other people are picking up on this and saying that is the near future how do we stay competitive how do we win this arms race it is what it is we're in a competition how do we win well how do we win i mean i think we
2: leverage the expertise we leverage the intellectual property that we have here at the university and i think in some respects we can't be risk averse yeah. you know if we're risk averse then we're not going to take and and this these are some of these cases they're chances i mean if you look at startups if you look at entrepreneurs it is a risk that they're taking Absolutely. They're, they're focused on a particular segment of the market they have a product that they think is going to make an impact And sometimes and a lot of times it does, but there's other times that it doesn't. But you're right. With the space industry, everything is pointing that direction. The university has an incredible history in that and I think we have that foundation that is far greater than a lot of other places to be able to build on that to mm-hmm. go to this next level as you said I mean we're already doing I mean we've got one of the world's foremost experts Vishnu ready in space situational awareness mm-hmm. um, we're looking and we've got two of the leading industries Paragon Space Enterprises view right here in Tucson you know we see things with like SAM you know, we're developing something to be able to be one of only a few in the world where you can actually have a high fidelity analog. I, I think it takes that type of initiatives, mm-hmm. and again, that
0: risk averseness. Absolutely, John. This has been so fun. I love these segments where we just kind of think big picture. I think, uh, and I'm not an expert, but my gut tells me we've got a five year window in Tucson to to either be the leader or fall behind. Right. Uh, that's how fast this is moving. That's why I'm on this soapbox, because we literally have a handful of months to, to, to pour some gas on this fire and benefit from it locally, or we're going to fall behind. Um, all that said, the, the, the talent and the ideas that are at the university, but specifically today at Biosphere 2, are amazing. I learned a lot today. I had no idea, and I appreciate you coming on and and sharing with our listenership what's going on at Biosphere 2. No,
2: thank you very much for the opportunity. And remember Biosphere 2 is open every day so yeah. if folks want to come
0: out and visit yeah. and see what's going on. You know, they can see a lot of the things that we just talked about. I love it. I'm going to have to come up there and uh, I I mean I've been to Biosphere 2, but I haven't I haven't seen all this other stuff. I'd love to come up and get a tour. I'd love to Sorry see to your... put you on the spot no, on no, no, uh, like... on uh, <laughs> yeah. on radio.
2: Anytime come up. <laughs> love to show you around because i mean we've only
0: sort of just scratched the surface on things that are happening up there very cool john adams deputy director of biosphere 2 we'll we'll cut you loose thank you so much again be safe out there and we'll do this again soon all right thank you thank you sir that does it for our conversation with john adams when we come back from a short break one more segment with me i'm your host zach and so you're listening to tipping point here on 10:30 the voice it's a thursday friday eve show we'll be right back don't go anywhere
3: Show, check out the podcast at kvoi.com.
4: time with Devon and her team.
3: Is your 8th or ninth grader looking for a hands-on learning program that includes lots of art? Then Desert Sage School, a new tuition-free public charter high school at 3434 East Broadway, is for you. Desert Sage is innovative and is now enrolling 9th and 10th graders for the upcoming school year. Go to DesertSageSchool.org, where the first 125 students to register will be accepted. Desert Sage is the first public Waldorf-inspired charter high school in Southern Arizona, where teachers genuinely listen to and care for each student's unique gifts.
0: Get your child enrolled today at DesertSageSchool.org. Berg. Zach Yenso here, and I'm so excited to be a part of the launch of the Little Love Burger as they're growing in Tucson. Located just a few hours down from the Rialto Theater, Little Love Burger serves up the juiciest scratch-made hamburgers, loaded hot dogs, of ice cream milkshakes, lovable local brews, and the most addictive breakfast sandwiches. Little Love Burger is open Sunday through Thursday, 11 to 9, and Friday and Saturday, 11 to 10. You can follow their bee on Instagram and Facebook at Little Love Burger Tucson. Don't you want some burger to love?
3: With preseason and the season opener in the books, FC Tucson is looking forward to a great season, and John Perlman and his squad aren't slowing down. Join your FC Tucson soccer club Saturday, April 30th, May 7th, and May 20th for Let's Go 520 night, celebrating this great city. Get your season or game tickets at fctucson.com, and let's pack Kino Stadium this season. That's fctucson.com.
4: We have exciting news to share here at Impact of Southern Arizona. We have expanded our food bank into a grocery shopping style experience where over 500 families a month come in for food, clothing, and support. Now, Impact needs you. Can you or your business put on a food drive for food and hygiene items that others would normally go without? Learn more and contact us at www.impactsoaz.org
0: Did you know that Arizona is the first state in the country to implement a program like Earn to Learn has right here to support students with matched college savings? Through your investment, you enable students to leverage their own savings and resources to acquire the life-changing asset of a college education. If you want to be a part of increasing students' earning potential, minimizing student debt, closing the opportunity gap, and putting deserving individuals on a path to success, go to -to EarnToLearn.org to find out more.
3: This is Bill Buckmaster, Pima County Supervisor Steve Christie, during the noon hour on 1030, Tucson's voice for Trusted News
0: Talk. And we're back, Tucson and all of southern Arizona here. One final segment of this drive time hour of Tipping Point with Zach on AM1030 kvoi the voice this segment is sponsored uh, by decibel coffee works it's the coffee the Yensers drink at home and while we're out and about Uh, run by a great local team of people who really care about the tucson community you'll find a variety of great tucson uh, great coffee drinks beans pastries and more and a rumor no more ice cream is on its way in 2022 you can go to decibel d-e-c-i-b-e-l coffeeworks.com to see their full menu and varieties of roasted beans from around the world uh, and visit them at 267 south avenida del convento and here's one reason why you should visit them mention you heard about them on tipping point with zach yenser for 10 percent off your next order on anything that you buy Uh, help support the great supporters of this program who make it happen every single day. Without our sponsors, without our listeners, and without Matt, uh, there would just be one dude somewhere in Tucson speaking to a white wall. That would be me, but there would be no show. So we we appreciate uh, the army of people um, who make this happen. Uh, Matt, um, pop quiz for you. Um, Am I alone in not knowing about the space analog for the moon and Mars? and the Center for Human Space Exploration at Biosphere 2. That was completely new to me. I know you've been around Tucson for a minute. Did you know this stuff existed here?
1: No, that was news to me as well. It's a um, newer project, I guess.
0: I I mean, it's just just incredible. I, I was blown away. By, by that segment. I don't say this you know, egotistically. I just think getting to sit behind a mic every day, I get to hear things, uh, see things, visit things, meet people um, in a very just intense way, and so I feel pretty plugged in to what's going on here. But I am amazed by the stuff that I don't know. Uh, and for as much as I am excited about the space industry in Tucson, I didn't know about this, and this just blew, it, it blew me away. This stuff is so exciting, I had no idea this was at Biosphere 2. In fact, I'm, I'm, Matt, I'm working with a team at the University of Arizona to put together this series that will eventually be packaged together. And initially, I'll be honest, I'm okay having it on public record. Um, when uh, my colleague at the University of Arizona said, we're going to have you talk to someone at the Biosphere, I was like, why? I don't understand <laughs> the connection. Why Why am I talking to the Biosphere? I didn't know there was anything, you know, um, particularly space related I know that's how it started, but it doesn't anyway.
1: Um well, I know they've had the. Uh, paradigm, they told me <laughs> they've had Paradigm Space Development uh, Corporation here in town, and they've been working on uh, things to survive long term, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Long term space environments. Mm-hmm. Um, so That's I, how it started in the '90s, that. right? What's that?
0: That's how it started in the '90s. Was to see if they could sustain life for a period of time in a kind of sealed environment, or.
1: Right. Yeah, yeah. and uh, and materials and yeah. you know materials and processes and things like that. So it's kind of <laughs> interesting they're doing something like that at Biosphere.
0: Yeah. No, for sure. That was uh, that was exciting to me. I th- again, I think you know it, we, we we kept John over because I think this is all important. But we have to answer the question: Why does this matter to a Tucsonan listening? Right. We eventually have to get this stuff out of the research institutions and as economically viable ideas out into the community. Um, this, I think, has the opportunity to transform um, what this region is economically and what our brand is regionally and nationally. And uh, I think now, I, I said this in the third segment, is the time to pour gas on the fire. Um, yeah, a, a good friend of mine said, does Tucson have to hustle and have urgency to succeed. And I think it's an interesting question because I think it's a question at the core of who Tucson is and what we think about ourselves. I think so much of our of our brand is driven by um, wide open spaces. I'm thinking of Visit Tucson and free yourself. And this is a place where you can slow down. This is a place where you get away from the hustle and bustle of the top five you know, biggest cities. And I think some of that tourism conversation has dictated our real life conversation to where we do ask that question, does does Tucson have to hustle and grind and have urgency to succeed? And I say this out of love. I think we've lied to ourselves that we can. A- and We've lied to ourselves because we exist not in a vacuum. We act like Tucson's in a vacuum. It's part of our charm. Uh, I'm not saying we should go to bed and wake up tomorrow as being Phoenix, Philly, Boston, Chicago. This doesn't mean that we change our identity or who we are. But Tucson acts as if it's in its own vacuum. I watched this during COVID. The rest of the state put the foot on the gas pedal. I mean, the rest of the state transformed my friends, economically during COVID. Except Tucson. We, we kind of thought we could we could huddle in our homes the, metaphorically and literally uh, and just survive COVID and we could poke our head out and just resume life as an example. And we forgot that we live in a competitive environment where industry and economy and ideas and people, we're still moving, we're still acting, we're still uh, entrepreneuring. I know it's not a word. And, and I think that's so much of Tucson's brand is, is we think that we can come in the Tucson vacuum, we can just chill uh, and everything's gonna be okay. And, and, and I would say, yes, we need to have urgency. We need to have some hustle and grind to keep up with a globalized economy that just keeps moving all the time. And my passion for this new space industry conversation, why I keep harping on it is twofold. One, because it's just pretty darn cool. The other is that we have a five-year window, and I think that's generous, to take advantage of this and become a leader or lose again. Right? People will say, well, we have Raytheon and we have... And we have we have we have Davis Monthan and we have Honeywell. And we have the space and defense stuff. That's space and defense. I'm talking about an industry that is going to transform the eco- global economy in the next 10 to 15 years, and that's the new space industry. It's all the things we talked about. You, you can think I'm crazy. That's okay. History tells me that I'm just fine. History tells me that you have the people who can see five or 10 years out, they sound nuts in the near term, but I know my history, I know what has happened in cities across this country the last 50 years, when they sunk their teeth into what they knew to be the near term future, they succeeded over a 50 year period. We have five years beginning yesterday to sink our teeth into this new space industry because we have so much history in this community and so much research and so much dollars backing us up. We have five years to be urgent to throw money and resources and time, public, private, and education to this. We've got five years to do it. Or we will be outrun, outpaced by the rest of our region, by the rest of the Southwest, by the rest of this country. It's happening already and we will lose again. And I'm just telling you as a Tuesday, I'm tired of losing. I think we can have a community of great tacos and great trails and we can win with great talent and ideas as well. I'm tired of losing in this town. And a good friend of mine said, you know what? We, we all need and want to see people. We want to see, you know, if there's a coach on the sideline who never gets upset and never gets tired of losing, fire that guy. You don't want that guy. You don't want a, you don't want a maniac. But you want someone who gets a little frustrated when we keep losing. We've got five, five years to not lose. And we can't settle. And it's Tucson. It's your choice. If you don't want it, you don't have to have it. Someone else will have it. This is ours if we want it. I think it's time. So I'm going to keep beating the drum. We're going to have great conversations on this. Tomorrow, we'll wrap up the week talking about the people, ideas, issues, stories we couldn't cover so far. We'll also sit down with Curtis Dawson, uh, who heads up the YMCA in Tucson Southern Arizona. We'll talk to them about how they um, are innovating and growing out of COVID, that and more. He'll it up next. Bill Buckmaster at noon. That does it for us, Tucson. We'll see you Friday. Stay safe out there tonight. Take care.